Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. It's the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one, the only Ramon Foster out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in downtown Pittsburgh. And Moan, what's going on? How was your weekend? Weekend was good, man. It was interesting. We're logged on, and we can see comments come in and stuff like that. What's crazy, DK, we're like kickoff on on Sundays. One o'clock kickoff, but we're usually kicking off at about... 103. That's what we were today, man. About 303. That's what we were. I'll take that. No one complains about that, by the way. No one's no. like, hey, you guys started at 402.5. Like, know. you know, what's what's going on with that? I know. Um, it's uh, it's it, 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 it's a good vibe that we have here. Uh, here's how it works. If you want to be like Ramon and have your comments show up on the screen there, you can do that by watching this on YouTube live, uh, by watching it on Facebook. Uh, it just all you do is you go into the comments and you just splatter it down there and we'll be all over it. I, yes, I, indeed. It's a fun format, isn't it, Moan, ever since we went to this? 100%, man. I'm looking forward to this. I enjoyed this. I I saw that from Al B. Karky, too. He put on, it's Moan Day. Hey, I like it. Every day is Moan Day, baby. (laughs) Yes, indeed, DK. Um, But I hit you with a a topic today, DK. I was like, it's good to get into because now we're officially in what? We're in the draft month now. It's officially the draft month month and everything is getting real and you remember this time last year we were all wondering man what happens to ben what's our secession plan is it mason rudolph is it and 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 we went through the entire thing mitch trubisky was signed and now unless all things change dk guess what we have our franchise guy yeah Kenny yeah. aloysius pickett that's not his yeah. name i, I call it's everybody not. aloysius <laughs> I've never heard that, really. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. If I don't know your middle name, I'm calling you Aloysius, okay? It's just the name that stuck with me all the time. But um, I look at this, and most people in the NFL talk about what, DK, and and especially the quarterback position. What is he going to do in his second year, right? And and that's something that I think is very interesting moving forward when it comes down to Kenny Pickett. And I went back a little bit, DK. You'll have to refresh my memory a little bit Mm -hmm. because there were some stats there. I was just like, ooh. I don't think this is the jump we were looking for the or being able to, to splice this into what I'm trying to say. What was Ben's second year? He, he started 12 games. 
So something happened to where he missed four games for the regular season games. Was it the injury or uh, did he end up getting hurt into his second year? I forget. But either way, it had 12 games start. And honestly, he got better in the interception column. Yeah, way better. Yeah. Touchdowns were the same at 17. Uh, and he also yards per catch went up. About a yard also to DK and his yeah, yards every, per game went up. Every, everything did. Here's uh, I'm going to read you his, his numbers that he has. Uh, okay, over 13 games, 12 of those were starts. Yes. Remember that some, were, like you said, were partial because of the injuries and whatever else here. Yeah. Uh, completed 245 of 389 passes for 2,404 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he also ran the ball 55 times for 237 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, in, including, by the way, just being unstoppable on the sneak. Yeah. Uh, which is quite the weapon unto itself here. He also had, and this this part really needs to, to be highlighted again and again, it was those back-to-back last-minute drives and touchdown passes. He was the first rookie in NFL history to throw last-minute touchdown passes, game-winning touchdown passes in back-to-back games. Um, that's and, and yet at the same time, Moan, He's not even close. He's not even in the solar system of being satisfied with his performance as a first-year player. No, absolutely not, man. So I look at seven, and I think to myself, like, here's a guy that is on a different trajectory. Number one, that third year is what we're looking at. Like, also to me, okay, like, what was the the, the other full year? That third year, he was taken down, man, 46 times when it came down to sacks, and his interceptions were up a little bit too. And I kind of say this. He got more comfortable in that third year, being able to just find his way and understand the pocket of the NFL. The reason I think Kenny's jump is going to be so much bigger is because of this. You went out and got an OL that can actually protect him. Understanding how to stay in the pocket, understanding how to deliver the ball, that to me is his biggest jump moving into it this second year because Ben honestly kind of went back a little bit in the year three because of probably the sacks head on the swivel, and he became a novelty after winning a Super Bowl so early in his career, too. I look at Kenny and say he may actually get proper growth. He'll probably get the protection that Ben probably wanted in his earlier years, and that Kenny doesn't also have Ben's size when it comes down to how he uh, how he evolves in this league to where he has to protect himself. That running outside of the pocket, Kenny, I think, learned his lesson when he got slung to the ground for the concussion moving forward from that point on, DK. And I still say I expect his second year is probably be as big as anybody has in, in the NFL when it comes down to his production and decision-making. It must be because I ain't going to say he's bulletproof, DK, when it comes down to him making mistakes. The OL is there. The running back is there. Maturity on that offensive side of the ball is a whole lot better, especially with Isaac Somelo signing, too. Yes. He has the ability to get it done, DK, not like any other young quarterback in this league. I'd love to see it be Josh Allen type, but I know the talent separator is just different between one and the other until Kenny grows up a little bit more. Yeah, that, that that's why I read Kenny's numbers off there and, and went into the detail and then ended it with the, the, the satisfaction, the team-wide satisfaction and the confidence that comes from leading your team to victory. Uh, it was it was probably the thing that carried Ben through his rookie year, yeah. Because and, and I might add through the first Super Bowl, okay, which Come we on. shall not speak of. I right? Mean, he, he 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 won. He was he was the guy in full credit, but he didn't have a great game to say the least. Right. Uh, 
you want. You feel better about it. And it carries you into everything that you do, right, Moan? It, yeah. It's not just into the next game. It's into your next practice. It's into your next workout. Yes, 100%. And that's why I'm banking on him taking that jump. And it just really hit me because we're in draft season right now, and there's one position you don't have to worry about. And that's quarterback, and that also eases them over mentally. That also lets them know that you're going to be the guy moving forward. And when you're a first-rounder, and I think his start was fair as far as Kenny's what was that last 13 games he had as far as getting under the center? That's why I'm expecting y'all like we're going to compete in the AFC North. And I'm not actually, and that's right too, the, the 06 uh, motorcycle accident. But I, I, I look at this and I still say to myself, like, I'm excited for him. Is it sexy? No. But I look at this draft season right now as far as Kenny Pickett goes, DK, listeners, and everybody that they loved last year, right? Bryce, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. I can go on and on about all of these guys. Every single one of them that they loved last year with the mock drafts, they absolutely dislike or are finding something about them. So who is the perfect, who's the perfect quarterback draft? Like even, even Trevor Lawrence had an up and down go at it, right, DK? He, uh, down then up. Down. And, and that's the that's the comparison up. that I'm seeing in a lot of the feedback that we're getting today is can you make a jump like Trevor Lawrence did in the second year? Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a lot more uh, handicap to his process, okay? Handicap, Trevor Lawrence wasn't that. coming into the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was coming into the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they had running back injuries last year. They had all kinds of problems. A this college year, head coach. Oh, that actually was probably number one, okay? Yeah. The, 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 and that they were able to to jump the way they did is a credit to everybody in Jacksonville, but more than anybody to Trevor himself. I I, I wasn't sure anything would come of him there, really, just because no. of where he was. Uh, Kenny doesn't have to deal with any of that. I love the idea of a second-year leap for Kenny, but I'm going to underscore one thing. Okay, setting Kenny aside, I'm yeah, yeah, let's one, do that. One facet more than anything else. And that is that he will have, and you mentioned this with Isaac Salmalo and everything, he's going to have an offensive line by the time they get done with it. And I'm not sure that they are. Okay. Right. I'm not sure that Dan Moore is the left tackle. Okay. Oh. I'm not sure that he is. We'll see how this draft plays out. We'll see if they're waiting for the draft to determine what else can be done in free agency or, or, or vice versa. But uh, we'll see how that goes. I love the fact that they stabilized the line when we come back on the ramon foster show it'll be the only segment that matters hey mo at dk pittsburgh sports we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams now that connection's stronger than ever introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app find expert inside reporting and original podcasts check live box scores track the latest stats Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Our conversation to this point has been about uh, Kenny Pickett and his second-year leap. If you want to talk about that, obviously we're here for it. If you want to talk about absolutely anything at all, we also can do that, right, Bone? Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> I just had to get that one off my chest, DK, because I, I was just like – and, and everybody's talking about the quarterbacks in the draft, and that's one that we don't have to worry about. And that's one also uh, that no matter who you're picking, you're uncertain about it regardless. And I like what Kenny did in year one, DK. Mm-hmm. Boomer says, hey, Moan, how important is it for the Steelers to get a solid edge rusher behind TJ and Alex Highsmith. That's an underrated need, I feel. Well, there's somebody knocking on the door, right? It is, and I keep seeing the bug comments come in, man. I, I'm, I'm, Everybody's in the same boat. If anybody's telling you they have uh, Frank McFadden, if anybody's telling you they have an in on what Bud's got, no. Bud's a free agent. Bud is basically on his college tour. Getting an outside edge would be beautiful for the Steelers, but I would also say if you're asking me if choose between the two, I'm going D-tackle first before I go outside edge, DK, because I do think there's free agents there, and you're still going to be able to find some quality role players uh, when it comes down to helping get TJ and Alex Highsmith some help off the edge. And it's also Mm -hmm. this too, DK. It's a matter of what Bud want his positioning to be with with, with the honeymoon of the reuniting. Oh, yeah. Right? Am I correct in that? I don't think he's going to want to come in. If they tell him you're going to do what Chicolo did – uh, you're going to take 20 snaps a game. I, I think that's got to be part of the discussion. Yes. You know, because if Bud sees himself, hang on a second, man. Look, I like chicken everything, but I'm not Chickalo. I'm okay? not. And, and and this is the thing, too. Bud has been a career starter, right? And oh, that's sure. one thing I've always his said. Like, yeah. if I, His whole life. So it's hard to tell a guy, come in and play a role without – really breaking down what his options are in that role and I think that's why so many questions and maybe what Bud is thinking over too when it comes down to I can go back to Pittsburgh but I'm not trying to be your pass over guy to get you through because then I'll become disinterested when it comes to my role on this team oh yeah absolutely here really good one from Jason Winningham hey Moan can Dan Moore pretend that every defensive end is Miles Garrett let's talk about that and I am really one thing about me in the, in the in the Garrett subject is, uh, he, as a voter in any sport, I get votes on different awards and honors and stuff like that. I do place an inordinate amount of uh, emphasis on what I see with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there are statistics, there are advanced statistics. I will go through all of them, but if you completely suck every time I see you, it's going to affect. And as I see it, if every voter used that same criteria you'd end up with a pretty balanced perspective on it why why does this happen between Moore and Garrett uh uh, same school (laughs) let's just throw that out there same college let's just throw that out there maybe they are friends and maybe he just knows him more than he actually knows anybody else I'll say this I know Mike Adams uh throwback name right there uh from Ohio State had a thing for J.J. Watt he just did uh, certain guys have certain people in their head. They know I got to go with them. And that's no diss to neither Mike nor JJ when it comes down to it. But you have your beeline on certain people. And, of course, JJ had the Hall of Fame career no matter what. But in Dan Moore's case, maybe it's more of him just understanding the, the moment. 
and the level of embarrassment that can come in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and at, at, at College Station in Texas. That's what he's living with. And, and it's also the maturity aspect of being a player, of understanding, look, whatever I did in that game has to carry over from this week to that week. Everybody's Miles Garrett. So to your point, maybe that's the click that he has to take into every uh, every, every game plan is that, did I get up for certain guys? Yeah, I did. Uh, Calais Campbell was one of those dudes. Malik Jackson was one of those. Gino was one of those guys uh, having the ability to go against those A guys. The ones I gave up a sack on or just an idiotic. I saw somebody earlier said in my 11 years, I had 11 holes as one a year. It was probably a dude that I really didn't pay much attention to because I was beelined on everybody else. That makes a lot of sense here. This uh, this segment of the Ramon Foster Show, the Hey Moan segment, is brought to you always by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. There's one, two, three expert chefs who fine-tune every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for crave-ability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. There's no way we're not bringing this subject up. Yeah. Robbie Jones says, hey, Mo, did you watch the Women's National Championship game, and how do you feel about the taunting? Uh, anybody who doesn't know what Robbie's referring to here, LSU and Iowa were in uh, what was supposed to be a matchup for the ages, actually became something of a ref show. Uh, and then there was a taunting near the end where Angel Reese from LSU made a gesture toward yep. Caitlin Clark. Turns out that Clark had made the same gesture to an opponent back in, was it the Elite Eight round? Elite Eight, Everything yeah. else here. You tell me, Moan, how do you feel about it? You do what you want when you're popping. Simply put, DK, if you don't like it, stop it, okay? And this is what I tell my boys and any competitor, too. They don't. Now, hear me out as I say this real slow, DK, for the emphasis. They don't talk about people who suck. <laughs> right that's all the time we have for today everybody right? thanks for watching <laughs> so, so for angel <laughs> the game's about to leave no so so for angel and caitlin clark angel and caitlin clark angel reese and caitlin clark they're both really good and this is my other part of this two dk if i can for one second do not sit behind your twitter machine and tweet out how people are supposed to act in the in the spirit of competition. I hate it because to me, it's a bunch of dudes that do this, DK, that want to tell the women in sports how they're supposed to act. No, screw that. Those ladies work just as hard as anybody else. They say they face the same adversity as anybody else. And it's also the idea that look in the spirit of competition, if you get somebody, I'm gonna let you know. But this is the other part of it, too, DK. If you got me earlier. And I get an opportunity to get you back. I'm going to step it up at least double, if not more, of what you did just to show you. I'm watching what you're doing, too. And it's also this, too. And I know this is the other side of it. It's the black versus white aspect of it, too. And for no me, I, I look at it and I kind of say, everybody applauded Caitlin when she was doing the you can't see me Cena look. Well, guess what? Being the fact that she's good, being the fact that she got a mark on the back now because you're that good, you're going to receive it on the other end. But my thing is for the people that are judging this too, just say exactly how you feel about it. Like that girl said exactly what she's been called. She's been called hood, ghetto, ratchet all year long. 
and she got an opportunity to be at the top of the mountaintop because she's a national champion. It's all right to see people express themselves, even if they look more differently than you. Guess what? Accept it. Move on. Unless you can beat them ladies one-on-one or anybody else, let it go, y'all. My my issue with this is is actually going to sound a lot different than this. Not that I disagree with any of that. It's just a different track on it. Uh, I've covered women's sports, and I've covered five Olympics. And at the Olympics, the men and the women are treated completely equally. That even goes for the basketball. Okay, Mm -hmm. I've covered Olympic basketball with the NBA guys, and then the, the court the very next day goes to the women's team. And they're there in the seats cheering for each other, okay? And they're not talking about narrative stuff like this. They don't have to invent stuff in order to get interested in (laughs) women's sports, okay? That's what bothered me the most about yesterday, to be honest with you. Um, It used to be in women's basketball that it was UConn and nobody else. Yeah, well, Tennessee. Let me throw that in there. UConn and Tennessee. Yeah, with Pat Summit, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. However, you had maximum two or three programs, that yep. were competitive in the whole country, okay? Uh, you know, with uh, everything that Gino Ariema did at UConn and Pat Summit did at Tennessee and a couple others, and that was it. Yeah. What really should have been celebrated yesterday was that they had one hell of a championship set up, okay? They had yeah. a, a championship matchup for the ages. I don't care who was white, who was black. I don't care who taunted Thank this, you. who taunted that, okay? What I cared about was that there was going to be a really good basketball game. It turned out there wasn't one because of the officiating, okay? And if, if people want to, if, if, if you want to advance the cause of women's sports in general, just treat them like women's sports. Okay. You, you don't have to, oh, let's talk about this person because she's either white or she's ghetto or she right. made this gesture yeah. or made that gesture. Yeah. I, I'm going to start getting profane here, but th- this is, this is just, I, I went to, I'll shut up after this, I swear, but I went to, uh, <laughs> to Rio to cover the, the 2016 Olympics because there were four Pittsburgh women in it. We had no other connections to it, no men involved, four Pittsburgh women. I went down, I was proud to be the only Pittsburgh reporter there. Three of them won gold medals, and, and, and I was the only one down there to report it. They had great stories, Moan. They yeah. were legitimate stories. One girl won a rowing medal. She learned how to row on one of our rivers, on, Alleg- on the Allegheny River. This That's was beautiful. great stuff, man. Okay? Yeah. And, and 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 people have to get all caught up in, in, in crap like this here. Pittsburgh Toddy says, hey, Moan, assuming Najee is completely healthy and with an improved offensive line, what do you think his ceiling is stats-wise? Uh, stats-wise, I see him 17 games healthy for all of them. You got to uh-huh. also remember this. Jalen Warren has a play in this too now, and it also yeah. comes down to how they're going to manage him. And I think Coach T and – and and uh, I was about to say Kev. No, Omar probably think is in his best interest to have him out there. Uh, I could see Najee going for fifteen hundred and probably about five hundred uh, passing. I see that. DK, let me finish this one up real quick because everybody is blind to the fact. And then we moving on from there. Okay, is this one? Nah, she just doesn't shut up. You know who else doesn't shut up? Joe Burrow. And guess what? You beat him. You shut him up. Then you know what else didn't show up? We as an old line when we played. Didn't shut up there. You know who else didn't show up? Antonio Brown also doesn't shut shut up whenever. You do what you want when you're popping. If you're that good, you do those things, DK. And you know what? If you don't like it, build a team, train your you-know-what off to go beat them to shut them up. That's what you do. I don't want to hear that you don't shut up side of sports. 
If you don't like it, shut it. Shaq treated people like they need to be treated on the on the basketball court because why? If you can't stop me, then shut up. Now, until Dwight Howard comes along and start to pull at his cape a little bit, and I know they're not in the same conversation when we speak about careers, but this is the thing. You start nipping at that cape, people change up a little bit. There's so much trash talking. Don't be blind to the fact that it's not your team. Embrace what sports is, is what I tell you as a fan. The same way we had to eat crow too, DK, when they were celebrating on us. That's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. All right, now we're done. They were they were dancing and screaming outside your locker room. Yeah, they were. Okay. And and, and I'm talking about the Ravens. Okay. Outside your locker room. Yeah. Okay. Loud. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Down just down the hallway from where you guys grab the food on your way out of the room. Right down there. And making sure they were doing it in your direction. Yeah. Then we had says, to deal with Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield, who were both trash talkers. <laughs> it sucked. What did we do? Shut them up. Let's just beat them. Yeah. Victor yeah. says, hey, Moan, if our Pittsburgh Steelers reach the playoffs this upcoming season, how deep do you think they can go? Victor's got them in the playoffs already, man. Go ahead, Vic. I think this is going to be a strong team. Uh, and I hope we stay under the radar. Nobody nationally picks us. We got to get past the first round, Victor. Period. We got to get past the first round. And, and to me, how far do I think they go? You get past the first round. Now we're actually cooking with the restart of a franchise probably faster than many folks had us getting back into the show at that point. Get to the second round, Victor. We're, we're cooking with gas as far as the offense and still as a team organization, man. Second round is where I'm at minimum now. Steve wants a tight end at 32. He says that would be a great way to help. Uh, Kenny Pickett, two tight end sets work well with Belichick and Gronkowski in, in the Hernandez days. Yeah, I mean, you just took two pretty extraordinary examples and just said, yeah, that worked. Okay, along with the best quarterback who ever lived. What a, what a concept. That Everybody for Belichick. For that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have coached those three to an offense. Finding um, a two tight end set offense, I think is almost prehistoric in a sense, DK. Well, you get but- don't you have them? Is this a need? Why do people I, keep bringing up tight end? I don't think it's a need, uh, but I will say this. I get your understanding, but you got guys. Hopefully, we keep talking about Calvin. We keep talking about other guys, and I say this. Jalen Warren has been a big part of that, too, and uh, just watching guys be good at that position. Nobody wants to get in Pat Fryermoose's uh, way when it comes down to bringing in another playmaking tight end. Um, I think we'll pass on that one. Yeah, this just there's a lot of there's still a lot coming back, you know, on this you know on this this thing with the women's basketball. Mike says, talk about how amazing Angel was in the game. She was lights out. I mean, she had 15 points. She was good. Yeah. Effective I, I wanna, at some points. Yeah, yeah but, I don't want to. I don't want to overstate that either. Yeah. I mean, the LSU is just a more was a more, had a more balanced roster. Every most a lot of teams have more balanced rosters yeah, than than Iowa's because Iowa has the best player in the game, and she does. She ends up doing a lot of uh, a lot of their work for them here. Um, yeah, we have Tony reaching out from thirty nine thousand feet, heading back to Japan. Wow. What kind of Wi Fi is available on that flight? Don't you go over to the Arctic Circle for that? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I yeah, I'm pretty. Sure. I only I've only been to Japan once. I had to go to cover a hockey game, and we flew from Detroit. You go up over the top of the planet. What? Oh yeah, because it's faster and shorter. Oh, wow. So you look out the window, which, by the way, is like it, it, it weirds you out a little bit, even for those of us who've flown a lot, because you look down there and you just go, 
Oh man, that's the top of the world. Yeah. Oh man. Like, like we don't have anywhere to land here if we needed to land. See, don't say that, DK. <laughs> you're, you're the type of person that jump up and down in elevators, man. I'm saying this stuff, and Tony's going, "Man, I'm never watching this show again. I don't need this." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Pef wants to know if you watched Met WrestleMania. Are you uh, a wrestling guy? I went to the one in MetLife years back, man. By far, one of the best productions you could ever go to. If, you, if, if WrestleMania is close to you. They know what they're doing. Oh, man. Go to it. It is phenomenal, man. It really is a good time. Um, Dr. Shadow says, what was your worst NFL game? Your worst. Worst NFL game? Uh, It's probably circumstance more than actually the entire game. Because one thing we were conditioned to do is forget real quick. <laughs> but I, I think <laughs> stop that one, Toddy. <laughs> uh, what 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 your what your asked to do though is forget plays really fast. I always got the one where I got uh went I got plowed through by uh Nada and he ended up sacking Ben. It was a dirty play. You see him push his fist up under Ben's helmet. And he broke his nose. That one that was, was one that was down there. That was in Boston. I think it might have yeah, been my rookie it. year, if I'm not mistaken. Rookie in the second yeah. year when that happened. It was a dirty play. He got fined for it too. Uh the other one was in preseason, going into my second year also, where I just clipped some dude in the back of his leg so bad. It was uh against the Phillies in preseason. I got death threats behind that one. But I'll be honest with you, I uh everybody has stretches of bad games, and you're you're conditioned to say especially in the old line position, man, I'm moving on. And that's kind of what I did most of my career because the more I dwell on it, the worse the play in the future is going to be. Steve comes back at me on the tight end thing, says, so if Pat Fryermuth gets hurt, you're okay with Zach Gentry as number one, and then we're right back to a Malik Reed-type situation at OLB. Okay, listen, that's a fair point. That is. However, however, I, I don't know that I want to do a whole lot of roster building based on nothing but worst-case scenarios. Yeah, and okay. I think that's the case for the most part too. Uh, Zach is proven, even though even though I don't like him in the option side of stuff or him getting trick plays, he's a capable tight end. Is he Pat? Absolutely not. But I also look at Connor Hayward, and I kind of say to that too. We saw Connor make some plays down the middle that nobody and their mama was expecting. So I'm with you on that one, DK. We can play the what ifs. But that's also a, a lot when we're speaking about football with 100% injury rate. Do you want another high pick at uh, at tight end when there's other needs at other positions? And right now, it's not many other options on the free agent market either with tight ends. Right. Well, this is a really good one from Chandler Chase. Says, hey, Moan and DK, what, what position do you want to see the Steelers still address before the draft? More tackle depth. I'd I'd probably O-tackle depth and D-tackle depth. Those two right there were – well, D-tackle depth worry me more, worries me more than Mm -hmm. O-tackle. They've kind of addressed it for the most part in free agency. But D-tackle depth and the ability to find guys to stop the run is very bothersome to me. So that's why I'm really hoping the Steelers have their eyes on somebody in this draft or either in free agency to say, you know what? We don't know his name, but he's going to be a heck of a uh, steal for us as a team. Yeah, uh, this is uh, a good one from Zach Swanson here. We're going to take a couple more today. He says, hey, Moan, what do you think about a league-wide bye week? I find that teams with early bye weeks have an unfair advantage versus teams with a later bye week. I've never seen data to support that, Zach. If you have that, though, that sure would be interesting because people who do schedule analysis – 
and that sort of thing can jump on. Oh, early bye week means we're going to have an easier run. I've never seen or heard or read anything to that effect. But a league-wide bye week, I'm guessing the one problem would be this. Money. The planning for the networks, absolutely not. Uh, if we don't get, if you had a league wide buy, they still be showing replay games. Okay, so you're gonna get football for 18 weeks regardless. With that being said, the schedule is what it is, and I think there's a level of fairness in it too. If you got a week four buy, you're probably gonna end up getting a a later uh, Thursday night game, and you can get that mini buy in between. There's ways around it where it kind of evens up. I love the week eight to week 12 bye weeks though. Uh, just simply because you get to catch a stride before you actually are done. Uh, well, before it's actually November, December football. Yeah. Any Chris Boswell stories, Dr. Shadow wants to know. Yes, I do. It was a good Boz story. Good Boz Boz story. went through a bad funk. What was it, about his third year in the league after yeah. he got the mm-hmm. deal? Mm-hmm. And they basically, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they may have put Boz on bi-we- I mean, on IR for his mental – you know, he couldn't find chill. it yep. just to mm-hmm. chill, just to reset. Watching that young guy go from one of the most clutch guys we had on our team, young clutch guys, to just falling off a cliff to now he's back to where he was. That's the storyline, man. Has some personal stuff going on and just fully just just really turned himself back around. Not nothing crazy. But it was a good showing on how Boss for a very fragile position, too, because they'll get you out of there, kicker, DK. DeMond wants to know what was the most memorable interview you conducted. I presume you mean other than every time that I was at the 73 stall yeah. in the Steelers' room. Uh, that one's easy. I, c- I can say it in a nutshell. That was when Mario Lemieux was coming back uh, out of retirement, and I was the only reporter at his, at his practice rink with him and his family and Jay Caulfield, who was training him and everything, and it was like 10 degrees below zero, and he's wearing a tassel cap. Here's the greatest athlete who ever lived in our wow. city's history, right? And it was just me and them and, and talking to him and everything. Yeah, this is going to be tough to top that one here. Uh, yeah. Jeff says, <laughs> probably not a very important topic, but speaking of flying, am I the only one against overseas expansion? You saw some of those reports over the past wow. few days, Moan. Uh, the NFL talking about maybe having a European division within four years. Uh, yeah. This is no longer just London has an expansion team. I, they've said all along that if they were going to do this, they needed to have four teams over there so that they could play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, our, Jeff says he's opposed to it. He doesn't say why. I can't imagine why anybody would be. What about you? Uh, I'm opposed to it too because of logistics of the players. Now, if it's its own entity, Meaning it is it's on just side of like the you know the European league and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm for it then because you you have a development league, you know, as far as that goes. There are no opportunities for guys here. And I know the other two leagues are doing their thing too, but there is no real opportunity for guys to really stretch out and grow themselves as a player if they're not playing in the football in the NFL at the time. And Justin says, how does jet lag affect your performance? This is when I wish we had Woodley on the show. Lamar, <laughs> Lamar Woodley, he showed up for the press conference. We were over there waiting in this one room. And and he, he, everyone was like, Ike Taylor came out and said all these great things about the queen and whatever else here. And Lamar comes out. They practically needed to be carried to the podium. <laughs> it's serious. Lamar, what's it like to be here? Where? 
it, it's a change. And you know how Coach Tomlin travels. Everything stays the same for the most part. And uh, just sleep and just lounging around trying to make sure you got your legs underneath you again. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. We're going to take one. I got one right here. Oh, go you ahead. got one? Okay. All right. This is the one I have from B South, go man. He go, right. hey, yo, Mo. He's got the last one today. He said, I saw a throwback game and you were playing right guard. How many times you played that position and why? I looked it up. It was 41 starts there, if I'm not mistaken, at right guard. Uh, I was more or less right guard because Chris Kiamatu uh, was the left guard and had just paid him shortly after I got there. I ended up winning the right guard position and was good to go as far as me being the right guard moving forward. And then what happened into my fifth year? David DeCastro was drafted. That was and the end I of that. A realist to myself. I can say, look, I can fight this thing as much as I want to, or I can be a chameleon to move over to the left side. I moved over to the left side after the Cowboys game and Dave's, uh, I think, first start uh, after he came back from that partially torn ACL. So he had in the preseason game in Buffalo. Uh, I- yeah, it was mm-hmm. in Buffalo, and I ended up being uh, – I started still at right guard, and Willie Colon, I think, tore a peck or something, and the rest is history. I moved over to the left side of the OL, and um, I ended up getting a deal the next year. I, like I tell most people, uh, the more you can do, the longer you stay around, and that's what I had to do was that. So wasn't bad. Played and started in the Super Bowl in that. Dr. Shadow does get the last question. What U.S. city should have an NFL team? Cleveland. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Come are. on, man. You don't think that's what he set it up for? <laughs> he just put, he just set it there for Yes, him. he did. They should finally recognize themselves as a football team. 100% DK. Oh, no. Jim wants to know who your next guest is. Uh, I have a few folks lined up. It's a matter of, of course, setting it up. So we're good. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Uh, that's That's it for... That's it for today. <laughs> I should see that the Cleveland joke was appreciated yes. by, by more than a few here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Moan, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll pan out the rest of the week here and, and see what there is for guests and stuff like that. And no doubt, else. man. Maybe fifty three is where we'll go. You never know, DK. I think that would that would actually be acceptable. That would I think be. that one, no no one would complain on that front, right? Absolutely not. All right. 